Hello, good evening. This is Tuesday, December 18th, which means it is one week until Christmas, and we are not going to do a webinar on Christmas Day. No, I'm sorry, we are spending Christmas Day with the family, and uh, we are not doing a webinar on Christmas Day. So this, and then um, New Year's Day, we should do one. Uh, so this will be it for 2018. Can you believe it? It's 2018. It's just about over. Hi, guys. I'm glad to see y'all logging on. Uh, tonight, we have a very special episode of our webinar on choosing your new dog or puppy and what to look for. Okay, uh, because there's a lot at stake, right? Uh, if you get the wrong dog, is that dog going to be able to be a, either a good family pet for you or a good service dog for you, depending on what it is exactly that, that your needs are, that your goals are. And so I'm not going to assume that everybody's looking for a service dog, right? I mean, we, we do a lot of pet dog training as well, but I wanted to share with you what it is that we look for, what it is that we recommend people look for before you get the dog instead of after you get the dog. So it is totally up to you on what breed you get, right? You know, everyone has their own choices, but if you're looking for a dog for a specific purpose, say, for example, service dogs, don't go for the unicorn. Don't go for that rare one dog that might take it. So don't say, I want a service dog. I want an Akita. No, please don't. Go for one of the tried and true breeds, especially if this is your first dog, your first service dog, your second service dog, even your third or fourth service dog, because chances are if you've trained a couple service dogs for yourself or you've gotten them from programs or whatever else, you're still not a professional dog trainer. I work multiple dogs every day, right? I get to deal with a lot of the different temperaments. I get to deal with a lot of the different behaviors that the different dogs have. So we have more of an insight than like, well, I saw a really pretty Akita that was a service dog. So I think I want an Akita service dog. And I see this a lot of times in some of the different Facebook groups, you know, or up on Instagram, like what breed should I get as my next service dog? I'm thinking a Siberian Husky, an Akita, or a Shiba Inu. What is wrong with you? Please don't get any of those breeds as a service dog. You are setting yourself and your dog up for failure. So top three breeds that I recommend for service dog work include, are you guys ready? You guys should know this by now. Golden Retriever, Labrador Retriever, yellow or black. That's it. Okay. I know some people who have um, chocolate labs and are very successful. Um, but again, set yourself up for success, guys. Go chocolate, or, or I'm sorry, don't go chocolate. Go black, go yellow. Look and see what most programs use. They use yellow labs. Like There's a reason for that. Do not go silver labs. Do not go phantom labs. Do not go wonky colored red fox labs. Go yellow or black. Okay. Or go standard poodle. Now, I used to tell people, go for, you know, a golden, a lab, or a poodle, but then I had to start getting more specific when somebody sent me a website of a breeder they were looking at, who breeds teacup poodles, and I'm like, no, 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 standard poodle. Now, you can get a smaller standard poodle that's like maybe 22 inches tall. You can get a royal standard poodle, which is not a legit AKC term, but if you search for royal standard poodle, you will find the giant poodles. 26, 27, 28, 32 inches tall, usually a little heavier um, to accommodate for that now. The problem is finding good dogs, 
Okay, so now we've got it kind of narrowed down to breeds. We're thinking golden retriever. We're thinking yellow or black lab, or we're thinking a big standard poodle, say a royal poodle, or just a, a breeder who has bigger poodles. What do you do? Now, I've talked to people who I tell them my breeds, right? So what do they do? They get online. They're like, that dog is available. I will go get that dog. Look, I got a, a golden, like you said. You said to get a golden. I got a golden. Look, and the golden is absolutely crazy. Not every dog in that breed is cut out to be a service dog, okay? What do you want to look for? First, you want to work with a good breeder. A good breeder is a breeder who uh, will help you pick the dog, right? Because they want the dogs to be successful. If you go and they have 40 different dogs and 40 different pens with like 10 different breeds between them, that is not a good breeder. That is a backyard puppy mill. Don't do those. Don't go to pet stores. Pet stores, no reputable breeder sells their dogs at a pet store. Okay? It doesn't happen at all, ever. Uh, so you want to talk to breeders. Some of them have websites. Some of them don't. Some of them are a pain to deal with. Some of them aren't. Okay? But it's a lot of work on your end. Now, I do have a list of whenever I see a dog that I think would be good, you know, so we were at a, a workshop last year in Tampa and there was a really nice German shepherd. And I'm like, I need the name of your breeder because we get people all the time who want a German shepherd for service dog work. And I'm like, please don't. No, 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 no. So for that, I got the name of that breeder and that breeder went on my list. Okay. Uh, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you might say like, no, I really like, I need a dog that fits this specific, specific size you know like I don't need mobility I need this I really want like a dog 20 pounds or under like that's fine we can help you with that too I'm not saying those are the only three breeds for service dog work I'm saying you know depending on what you're doing stack the odds ever in your favor and go with the tried and true right so you want to work with the breeder you want the breeder to help you pick ideally I would love it if at 49 days old for the puppies, the breeder would have somebody come in because the breeder cannot do it on the puppies. It has to be somebody brand new to the puppies and they have to go into a different location for the Volhard test. Yeah, see, some of you knew what I was getting at. Um, they have to go to a different location. So this could be a room in your house that the dogs haven't been in before. But what happens is the, um, the new person who comes in has a helper and they go through and they score the dogs on these different points. And it'll tell you exactly what's going on. It is really easy to do. You know, you can have a friend do it as long as the friend hasn't met the dogs before. You do not need a certified trainer to do it. Um, just make sure they understand what it is and that you can see it. So you, you might want to set up your phone and record it, but you don't want to be in there when it's happening because you will skew the results. Like I said, it should happen at 49 days old. So you go in there. Now, what you want for service dogs are mostly threes. Some fours would be okay too, but mostly threes. That is what you're looking for. When we picked Gypsy, the, I wanted full registration. So I kind of wanted one of the show quality ones. There are only four females out of the two litters that we were choosing from. It was a mom and a daughter, same sire, litters born on the same day. So like I had four females to choose from out of those four, two of them were not show quality and they kind of were like playing on their own. So the two that were, one of them snuck out of the fenced area, pulled a broom down on top of her, what, you know, was fine with it, didn't care, starts going down the driveway away from us. She's calling the dog, the dog's blowing her off. That's not what I was looking for, right? Now I talked to a friend about it afterwards and she was like, you know, that's the dog I would have gone with. Look at the spunk that dog has. And I'm like, and for the show ring, that's what you want. I want a service dog death. So Gypsy, I was playing with leaves with her. Um, I would 
pick her up. Maybe her feet were an inch or two off the ground and I'd drop her. She was fine with it. Uh, I would walk away. She would follow me. I'd clap. She'd come to me. I'd throw a leaf. She'd bring it back to me. Guess you see, that's why I chose her. Uh, because that is what I wanted in a service dog. Uh, she had a container, a uh, carry case, like a soft-sided carry case for the plane. So she was in that quite a bit. She was in that in the rental car. You know, we stopped and potted her a couple times. Uh, you know, she was she was wonderful. Now she had puppy energy, but she wasn't a spazwad. Like she was super. That is what you're looking for if you're looking for a service dog. You want a dog who can be calm. I mean, you can teach calm, but it's much better if they come with some calm already. Um, you want the calm. You want a dog who is focused on you, right? Um, my German Shepherd Jedi, we got her at four months old. Okay, I wanted a German Shepherd really, really bad. So a friend knew that four of them, or a whole litter actually, was just dropped off at four months old at one of the local vets because the breeder couldn't place them. So she took them because she was with Animal Services in Gainesville, and she called me up, and we were going to foster. Well, that didn't last. We kept her. But we went out. There was a dog in her arms. It was very happy. And I'm like, oh, is that my new dog? And she says, no. She says, your dog is someone cowering underneath the table stupid us, we took her. Um, she could never make it as a service dog. Why? Because at four months old, that's what she wanted to do was cower underneath the table. Now she was fine. Um, sometimes noises would startle her. Um, people she was fine with. Dogs, she did not like crazy energy in dogs. Okay. Um, Zoe, Zoe, my little border collie girl who we still have, she has a fantastic temperament. However, she has back and hip problems. So that cut her out of being a service dog. You know, um, Arrow, Arrow, we got for my husband to have a dog to train up because he tried to tell the girls what to do, Jedi and Zoe, whenever we were out training and he had to demonstrate something. And the girls would look at me like, do we have to listen to him? So I'm like, let's get you your own dog. So we talked about it and decided to get a Malinois and we did. And that was Arrow. And I called up the person we ended up getting him from. And I said, look, I see that you have some dogs available. This is what I'm looking for. My husband and I do pet dog training and service dog training. We want a more mellow Malinois. We don't want one of the ones who are trying to eat through their kennels. We don't want one that, you know, is just go, 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 go 24-7. We want a calmer Malinois. And if it takes some time to get, that's fine. And he said, well, actually, I have one right here. And he's six months old if you're okay with that. So that's how we got Arrow. And as we had Arrow and we're training him, I tried to let Rich do most of the training, but he was fun to train. I was like, you know, he'd make a really good service dog. And so we started that and by Jove, he did. He was an amazing service dog. Uh, so, you know, there's different ways they come into your life and there's different ways to go about it. Now say you want to go with the breeder. How do you know which one to go for? I'm going to talk about that. And so you don't want a puppy. What are your options? That is also coming up next. Um, but first, I want to check some of the comments here. One of them, Christmas is for family, right? Yeah, so we're not going to be doing a webinar next week. That is Christmas family time. Um, it's the need, not the want. Yeah, you have to do it with your head when you're picking a new dog, not with your heart. So don't say, well, I chose that dog and she was carrying on the table and she needs me and I need a service dog. Um, you need to go with the dog that is the smart choice for you. Get the dog you need, not the dog you want. What if you have allergies? So yeah, if you have allergies, like I said, I like the standard poodles. Uh, you know, sometimes with the doodles, if they're breeding, sometimes they'll breed like um, 
a golden doodle to a poodle to help with that. Uh, I have a friend up in Wisconsin, Linda Cree, C-R-E-E, and she breeds a lot of the different doodles. So, you know, if you're looking, I highly recommend Linda because she does breed for service dog work. Um, so there's that option for you. Uh, and you know what's really funny, though, is the Goldens shed less than the Labs. Okay, so we've had Goldens and Labs and Poodles all in at the same time. And if you've been here and you know our dog room, right, we have the crate set up for them. And the Labs will have a moat of hair around the outside of their crates, right? The Goldens will have some tumbleweeds and the Poodles won't have anything. But we've also had Doodles in who do shed. And you brush them and you're, you're left with hair afterwards. And for sometimes it's more hair than I get off of my golden when I brush her. So you want to really watch that. A lot of people will assume that all doodles are non-shedding and all doodles are hyperallergenic. And that is simply just not true. You really have to do your research. And there were some good doodle breeders and there were some not good doodle breeders um, who were just in it for the cha-ching, let that cash register ring. Um, so, you know, you do want to watch that um, quite a bit. Um, because you don't want to get a dog that does irritate your allergies. And having had many doodles and many poodles in um, for training, guys, remember, if you're going to go with a dog who needs grooming, you need to get that dog groomed. They say every six weeks. I was grooming Roma every week because it's what worked. I mean, she was also a puppy, so I wanted to make sure. And if you don't know, Roma's our standard poodle um, that we place with Carolyn. Uh, up in North Carolina. So we had her from three months old to six months old. And every week I was grooming her. I was plucking her ear hair. I was doing her nails. I was doing her face and her feet. I was doing her body because I wanted her so used to being handled that it wasn't a thing. And she'd come from a groomer. So that helped, but you don't want to lose that. And I get people sometimes in whose dogs, you know, six months old, eight months old, and has never been to a groomer. And the fur is six inches long, and I'm not sitting and combing that out during boot camp. This isn't grooming boot camp, it's training boot camp. And I cannot spend an hour plus a day just grooming your dog. So I ask people before they drop off to please make sure your dog's as short as possible, um, just because it's easier um, on us, and that means your dog gets more work. Um, but yeah, so allergy people, like I said, there's the poodles, there's the doodles, but watch the doodles. Uh, London says hybrid Great Pyrenees. Um, we do have a Great Pyrenees that we're working with. Um, they're not made for service dog work. They're made for guardian breed work. So I know the one that we work with, as much as we love her, like it is harder to motivate her. She's kind of stubborn at times. <laughs> um, and I don't know what a hybrid Great Pyrenees, would that be a poodle hybrid? If so, stop. So think of how a Great Pyrenees looks and think of how a poodle looks. Mixing the two of them together isn't going to be good joint-wise. Um, just like I know, like the new hot thing, I guess, is a Bernie's Mountain Dog Poodle mix. Those two physiques, like, don't go together, right? So if you're going to breed and breed, like, think Labrador and Golden, right? Labrador Retriever, Golden Retriever, like, they kind of have the same look, right? They're going to be easier to breed together. Think Great Dane and Chihuahua. They're not going to go good together, okay? Um, think, what else? If you're going to go Border Collie, right, um, they're kind of slim, they're kind of athletic, maybe Border Collie Golden. You know, I know people do Border Collie Doodles. Um, you know, it, it all depends. Depends on what you're looking for. Nick says genetics goes a long way no matter what, uh, no matter good family or a pet dog or service dog. Exactly, yeah. And Kimmy says, I love my mix. He's two types of German Shepherd, Great Pyrenees and Lab, but it took me meeting and working with his parents before I decided with them. 
Yep. Michelle says most people put the cart before the horse when it comes to getting a, a dog service or pet. Exactly. Yep. London says, love this test. I do it myself when meeting a new dog. And Cara says, I have a fabulous pet pooch named Waylon who's some sort of mutt, and I have a shepherd blend who's a disaster. Aww. Michelle says, Oliver came calm as well. I think that is one of the big ones because, like I said, you can teach calm. Like, we do it a lot, but the dog still has to want to do it. So, you know, Rich and I were talking about Arrow. As you guys know, he's been gone a week now. Um, we brought his ashes home on Friday, and that's been bittersweet, but he had an off switch. I mean, he's a Malinois. If you guys don't know what a Malinois is, it's a German Shepherd on crack. Um, it's what a lot of the police and canine uh, and military are using, and they're just, they're revved up crackheads for a lot of it. And Arrow wasn't. Arrow had a great off switch. He could be calm and relaxed. We could do a full day at Disney, you know, whenever we lived farther away and we'd get a hotel for the night. We get back to the hotel and he is ready to play. And if you do not get his toy or his Kong out, he will bring you one of the bathroom tiles and say, play with me. And I'm like, no, I'm exhausted. We just spent eight plus hours at Disney. And he's like, don't care, play now. So you have to keep that in mind. Like a Malin was not a dog I usually recommend for service dog work. But if they want to come and hang, you know, if people wanted to come and hang out with us for a bit and see what it really entails, you know, the, the clients who came to the ranch know that Arrow would greet them with a toy. He would jump the fence with six foot sticks in his mouth, you know, and he would not, he was relentless. He would not give up. He's like, play with me. I said, play with me. Play with me now. Can you get the toy? I bet I can get it before you. Uh, Kimmy says Graham was great as a puppy, but now I'm battling his random fear periods and it's getting better and better. Well, that's good. Susan says Sammy was great as a puppy. When I got him, he was anxious and wanted control. I had to find out if he would get better slowly. Yeah. And alligator. Yep. So what do you want to look for? So what you want to look for is preferably dogs that you've seen who are good, right? And then where'd you get your dog at, right? Breeders are not bad and evil. Breeders are what make the world go around. Without breeders, you wouldn't have. And why do I recommend breeders is breeders know the lines. They know when the dogs died and of what. Did the dogs die at four and five and six years old of cancer or did the dogs die at 12 years old of cancer? What do you think is going to be something I would prefer? I prefer the 12-year-old dying of cancer. Um, how are they? Did they die of a heart attack at eight? Uh, what's their longevity? What did they die of? Because if he got killed at six because he was hit by a car, well, that's different than he was killed at six because he had cancer and I had to put him down, right? Um, so, so you have to keep that in mind. Breeders also know their dogs. So they know that like the sister and the mom and like five litter mates out of the last litter went on to become service and therapy dogs. That would be pretty important if you're looking. Um, breeders also know the health testing of the dogs. So for Goldens, you want hips, elbows, eyes, and heart tested. And the eyes have to be tested yearly, okay? So you need to have that information, okay? Uh, and you want that on the mom and the dad. It's not going to guarantee it's going to be great, but it's going to stack the odds ever in your favor. So that's why we like to go with breeders. You can also do genetic testing and see what's going on. We have genetic testing already done on Gypsy and on Roma. Uh, you have to wait until the dogs are two years old, though, to get their real tests. So you can do it earlier. It's called prelims, preliminaries, but you still want to get them done after they turn two, right? So you have those. 
Um, you also know that the mom was on a proper diet. You know that the puppies were looked after well. Hopefully the puppies have been raised. There's a couple different um, puppy culture is one of them. Avi dog is another. And it helps with what the breeder is supposed to do when, you know, to help with the dog with milestones so they can recover from things easier. You know, how if they're in a box in somebody's basement, uh, if they're outside all the time, if they have a giant toy box full of, you know, like the little kid plastic, you know, climb up and go down the slide. And um, there's like a, a box that you can do a cube out of PVC with like chains with stuff hanging off of them. There's all this stuff that you can do to do it right. And if you go with a good breeder, hopefully they've done it. Hopefully they've done their research. So uh, with Arrow, because we had his hips and elbows done. And if we were going to breed him, we had to make sure that the female had really good teeth because he didn't and didn't have farty issues because he did. <laughs> so, you know, like you want to make sure that the, the two dogs complement each other. Like I said, think lab and golden instead of Bernie's mountain dog poodle, right? Because they're different, you know? So you want the complementary. Um, you want, like if we breed gypsy, well, not if, when we breed gypsy, I already have three stud dogs in mind. They're all golden retrievers. They will all be health tested if they aren't already. And they're all service dogs. So like, that's what I'm looking for. And we'll probably do one per, per litter for them. You know, why not? Um, you know, and if she makes fantastic ones with one, perfect. Then we've got the other two that we can breed her babies to type, you know? Uh, so, so, you know, you, you want that, you want to keep that in mind. Now you can get limited registration or full registration if you get a dog who's AKC registered. Now, some people aren't going to care and some people are. If you buy a dog, say I sell you a golden, but there's no AKC paperwork. Well, there's no real proof that the dog's really a golden. He could be a mix of some type. And so if you're looking for a golden because you need mobility work and you really want that dog to hit 24 inches tall because that's what you need, you don't want to go with somebody who's breeding 20 inch to 22 inch goldens, right? You want to see what the parents are, right? Because then you're going to know more how big your dog should be. Uh, so that's, that's another reason why we like to go with breeders. Uh, if there's problems with it, like usually they'll stop breeding and they'll spay the dog. Sometimes they'll place the dog in another home if they're doing just for breeding. And like I said, they do try to do right by the dog. Uh, if you say, well, I want a rescue dog because like I love rescue and rescue is like the best. And so I want a rescue dog. Here's the problem with going with a rescue dog is even if you go with a puppy, you don't know what the dad was. Well, I know the mom was a golden because I was there whenever the puppy was born. Yeah, but what's the dad? And dogs, female dogs can get pregnant by multiple fathers for the same litter. So just because like one of them really looked like a golden, like the other one could look like, you know, a German Shepherd mix and another one could look like a wiener dog mix because the mama got around. Okay. So there's that that you have to keep in mind as well is what was the dad? What was the health? What was the temperament? I've had people, cause again, remember we do pets. I've had people come to me. Um, well, I got this dog cause I felt sorry for him because the, the dad was so aggressive, we couldn't get near them. The mom was super aggressive. And I'm like, and why did you choose that dog again? Well, I felt sorry for him. You went with your heart, not your head. So now for the next 10 to 15 years, you have a dog that you have to manage. Because as much training as you do, there's three parts of behavior. There's genetics, which is what we've been talking about. 
I can't go back and fix genetics, right? Magic wand isn't going to fix your dog's genetics. There's early environment. Again, remember doing the right things for the breeder, setting your dog up for success when you get him at eight weeks old, not taking your dog out for the entire day so he's exhausted and gets snarky with people. Early environment. And there's current environment. And that's what we can work on. So I can't take a human aggressive dog and turn him into a service dog, right? So really, do you want for the next 10 to 15 years, do you want to have a dog that is a management issue your whole life? It's something you have to ask yourself. For service dogs, heck no, you can't. You really just can't. Um, so rescue dogs, here's the other thing, guys. Again, pet dogs. We have had pet dogs who have bitten people who have bitten kids in faces, who have bitten adults, who have bitten babies. Guess what the owners do with them? They take them to the shelter and they drop them off at the shelter. Guess what they should be doing with the dogs who are biting kids and biting people for no reason? Yeah, they should visit the vet and get the blue juice, right? And it sounds mean, but guess what happens? Is you're going to say, I want a rescue dog. I want to do the right thing and go get a rescue dog. And I'm at this rescue group, but look at this cute dog. And of course, the rescue group's going to tell you a nice, sad story to get you to get the dog. Because again, we've been doing this for a number of years. And I don't know how many um, fight dogs and former bait dogs and dogs who were abused have come through. There cannot be that many evil people in this world, guys. And especially in this area, right? So like, they tell you stories to get them. I actually was talking to one rescue person and they had found dogs that were duct taped. I think their mouths were duct taped shut. Um, and she's like, oh, we should do this to all the dogs and get pictures because it's going to be a sad story and everyone's going to love these dogs. I'm like, what? Or like the dog with three legs gets the, like adopted first. Well, we should just chop legs off the of dogs if we get too many of them. No. So rescue lives on these stories. And we have tried in the past to contact breed rescue, um, poodle, Golden Hand Lab Breed Rescue um, for looking for dogs to train up for people as service dogs. And they're like, no, we don't want our dogs to work. Our dogs have all been abused. Again, there's not that many evil people out there. Our dogs have all been abused and none of them should work. They should all just live on the couch and do nothing. We're talking labs, goldens, and poodles, and most of them want a job, especially if you get them young enough, you know? So that's one of my big problems with rescue is you don't know what you're getting and you could get something that really just isn't going to work for you. But I'm going to tell you one better. Go to Craigslist and search on there. Okay, because if the dog isn't that bad, they have to go and drop them off at the rescue group because they just can't handle them anymore. That's probably going to be better for you, right? Because you're going to say, oh, well, this family's falling on hard times. That might work. Okay, not every time, but I tell you what, I have looked for dogs for people and I have found at least a couple dogs every time I look that I would be interested in if I was looking for a dog for somebody. So they're out there. Now, I still don't know the history. I still don't know the health testing, but the dog's also a little bit older, so you can tell a little bit more about their temperament, about their genetics, about what's going to happen, you know, because if I get a dog who's a year old, I know his size, Right. If I can put him in different situations and see how he reacts, does he flatten? Is he scared? Does he hide behind my legs? Does he pee himself when somebody looks at him and says, boo? You know, does he want to go kill another dog that he sees walking down the street? These are all things that we look for. Okay. So Jackie, we're going to read some of the comments. I'm going to tell you what to look for breeder-wise with the websites and all. Is um, Jackie says, hi, from the UK. Hi, Jackie. Um, or the crazy mixes like Husky Pomeranian, right? 
what's the um, other one that they do with the Huskies? And it's like really popular and they look wicked cute. But Kimmy says, I was really, really lucky getting Graham from a friend whose mom has aggressive tendencies, but that's again why I spent so much time with both the parents. I was lucky in that sense. And I met with Graham a few times before I took him. I can't imagine trying to work with Darby as pretty as he it was. He was a perfect service dog candidate. Couldn't get, oh yeah. Yeah, Darby's how Kimmy and I first met. Um, he was a perfect service dog candidate, according to the rescue group. So Kimmy got him. She lived up on, I think, the third floor, and there was no elevator, and she couldn't get him down the steps. So she called us. We went out. It was like an emergency call out to get the dog down the stairs, and he went after Rich. How dare you tell me what to do? So we called up the rescue group. Um, Kimmy was there. Her mom was there. Rich and I were there. We spent probably three or four hours. Like, we bonded. We're like soul buddies now. Um, and had to deal with the rescue, including the rescue yelling at us, telling us that we're evil and how dare we ruin their dog. And they weren't going to come and get him. And I'm like, we still can't get him down the stairs. You know, like he's going after Rich for telling him, no, we're going down the stairs. And that shouldn't happen, especially with the service dog. He was gorgeous. He was totally gorgeous. Um, but yeah, you know, um, what do you want to look for in a breeder? You want to, ideally, you want that health testing and you want temperament. That is huge. Now, I don't care how many titles the dogs won, if he's won any, right? Um, so you get people who say, the dog's name, right? The AKC name, both sides should have a title so it's balanced. So like the dog should have a champion show title and should have like an obedience title. Do you know how rare that is to find? And even rarer that like one of the dogs is available for you? It's super rare. Okay. So Gypsy's daddy was like some big time show dog and her mama, I think had her champion or her daughter had the champion. I don't remember which one. I think the daughter had the champion, but I think she might've come from the mama. So, you know, it's up to you. Like, I like the temperament on both of them. I was good with either of them. I'm not going to get one just because. Um, sometimes they're like, look at these pretty pictures of the dog. This dog's name is Floopy, and this dog's name is Snoopy, and look how cute they are. That's, like, I still think the dog needs to have an AKC name. So, like, Gypsy is, we call her Gypsy, right? Her name is Good Times, because that's the breeder we got her from, Good Times Goldens up in Atlanta. So it's Good Times, Dream Dogs, Gypsy Storm. So, you know, when she gets her OFA records, you're going to be able to look her up, Good Times, Dream Dogs, Gypsy Storm, and you'll see that, okay? Um, like I said, I do have the health testing. I have not submitted it yet. You have to pay so much to get it submitted, and I'm waiting for her OFA, so I'll just submit it all together. Um, for Roma, hers is, I don't remember. I think it's... Um, Dream Dogs, Fortune Teller, something like that. Um, Zoe doesn't have one. Rue actually has it. It's M bar M, M minus sign M. Um, I think M bar M, Dream Dogs, Dreaming Hero. We, you know, we come up with the names for them, right? So sometimes a breeder will say, it needs to start with the letter M. <clears throat> sometimes a breeder will say, like, for Gypsy, because it was right after that one hurricane that came through. Um, last September, not this past, but the year before. So it had to have something with the storm. And we wanted Gypsy, so it was Gypsy Storm. Makes no sense, but AKC names don't have to. Uh -huh. um, I want to be able to hear back from the breeder. So even before Arrow passed away, okay, uh, like a m couple months ago even, I started reaching out to breeders for Golden Retrievers, and I wanted to get a male Golden Retriever. And we could train them up as, you know, service dog-wise. We can use them to breed with Gypsy. Uh, you know, and just, just have a male golden, right? I, I'm getting puppy itch. Uh, the breeders wouldn't get back in touch with me. 
And I'm also looking, I have a couple of clients that I've been helping, you know, trying to help them find a golden as a service dog for themselves. And the breeders just don't get back in touch. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I emailed you or I Facebook messaged you and nothing. Um, you know, I wanted full registration and, you know, I told him, I said, I'm looking, I'm going to train him up as a service dog. I have a female, this is her, you know, I'm looking to start a breeding program for service dogs. Nope. Too much competition. Apparently. I mean, if you guys have been looking for a quality golden, you know how hard it is to find. So I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I'm not your competition. There's so many dogs that people want and there's only so many dogs that are out there, which is why people, and I'm going to pet stores, right? To get their dogs. Um, so yeah, here we go. Kimmy says, our poor Dar Darby, right? And Rich had a poor hand. Uh, Mary says, what about breeders that insist on a contract making them still a partial owner of the dog? Is there something to say to change their mind? So yeah, Mary, that depends on the breeder. If they don't know you, like I see Shira just joined. Um, and I think she is co-owner on them. I got full. I figured that the breeder would, would say she wanted to do co, but she didn't. So I was lucky in that regard. Um, but I did talk to some and they wanted to part years ago when I was first looking for gypsy and they wanted to part the, um, the co-own, you know, you've got to ask what they want out of it. You know, if they want to potentially use the dog for breeding in the future, um, if they want to wait until the dog gets neutered or spayed and then put them all in your name, you know, it, it all depends. Um, I would see what they wanted out of the deal, you know, and why, uh, you know, one of the things I was talking to a friend and she said, Vicki, as much stuff as you put out there on dog training, like all they have to do is Google your name. And I can't believe these breeders are not getting in touch with you. And if you can't get a dog, how are the rest of us going to get dogs? I'm like, yeah, that's what's scary guys. Um, nice Sunday name for gypsy. Thank you. Let's see here. Aiden. Yep. I, yep. I co-own him and it's been no problem. So yeah, she were, that's one of Gypsy's soon to be baby daddies is Aiden. Um, in August or later when she turns two. Um, what are the ramifications of co-ownership for a service dog? Mary asks, and that is a very good question. So I know Aiden is she service dog. Um, you would, here's the thing, contracts, while everyone needs to have a contract and everyone should have a contract, I don't know how enforceable they are. Not a lawyer, not a judge. Just watched a lot of Judge Judy and people score. Um, but from what I've heard for some of them, especially with dogs, because dogs are considered property under the law and property is like nine tenths who holds it. So I think a lot of the breeders are like, I co-own. Well, if you co-own 20 dogs and your county says you can only own five dogs, how is that working for you, right? Or if it's the, well, my contract says I can't do this. They can't really come and get the dog because it's yours. Like they'd have to trespass onto your property or get like an order from the court showing it. I don't know how much that's going to happen. I mean, I want to say like contracts are awesome and amazing. And like, like a lot of times they acknowledge risk that you're signing it. And that's, you know, we have a contract we use. We'll have a breeding contract when it's time. Um, you know, it all depends. Uh, here, um, Shira says Aiden has a breeding contract. She could use him for breeding if she wants, right? So, um, because like I said, because the golden people were giving me problems with it, like I'll breed, you know, I'll end up keeping the females and using outside males, um, to make more babies, um, and not have a male golden for a while. Um, just because now I know Rich doesn't listen to it. I know Rich isn't here yet. So guess who put an 
deposit down on a Malinois puppy on Monday, but I haven't told him yet. We had talked about it and talked about it. Um, so here's what's going on with us and what we chose next is uh, we are getting another Malinois because I'm crazy, right? I tell people don't get a Malinois as a service dog. Would you get a Malinois? Um, we actually reached out to two of the top breeders. There's at least four breeders off the top of my head that I would highly recommend. Um, one of them is Ivan Balabanov, and he is in Plant City, which is about an hour from us, and he is amazing, and his dogs are amazing, and so I reached out to him. I reached out to Mohawk's Malinois, which a couple friends had recommended, and I had talked to a friend who also has Malinois in Jacksonville, and that's Anne, and all three of them said right away, yes, we'll sell you a dog. That's not a problem. I'm like, really? After the Goldens? I was not expecting a yes answer right away. I was expecting a really. I mean, even when we picked up Gypsy, um, the the breeder, okay, says to me, she goes, if you have a Malinois and Border Collies, why do you even want a Golden? Stay with your Malinois and Border Collies. Kind of with a snarky attitude. And I'm like, really? I don't think so. You know, if I can handle a Malinois, I can handle a Golden. You know, we'd had one before, like I get that they're easier going, which is what I was looking for, especially like I said, for starting up a breeding program. But because she is gonna be bred, that means at least three to four months out of every year, if not more, she's gonna be out of commission. So we, I wanted a male dog, plus males are usually taller. So I sent Ivan the deposit and I'm gonna surprise Rich on Christmas um, with, I'm going to print it up and put it in an envelope and that's going to be part of his Christmas present because we shared the last one. We're going to share this one too. Um, so why did we go with Ivan? I don't, I have no idea the size of his, of his dogs. I have no idea the health testing. Um, I assume it's going to be full AKC registration, but his name sold me that dog. Uh, I want an Ivan dog. Um, he does a lot with um, dog sports you know, um, ring sports and IPO and stuff. He is an amazing trainer. So the fact that I could get one of his dogs, like, yes, please. Now they are more expensive than other Malinois. They were about twice as much as some of mine had found. But I asked him, I, I sent him a very lengthy Facebook message, email, and then another email saying, this is what I'm looking for. Like Arrow was 24 inches tall. I need at least that height, if not taller. So that's, I prefer a male, unless it was a big female. I take them to Disney all the time. They're my service dog. They're with me all the time. I have an intact female in the house that we plan on breeding. It's a golden. So I need to have a dog who has an off switch. I need to have a dog who is going to be okay with the chaos, commotion, people, noise, sight, sounds, everything at Disney on a regular basis because we are there regularly. And he wrote back and he says, yeah, that won't be a problem. I can find you a dog. That's some, here, so here's my money. Here's my deposit. Um, so we're looking, Rich didn't want to get another one right away, especially another puppy. <laughs> He's like, but they have to be potty trained. Um, so we are getting the puppy. It said, um, I haven't heard officially from Ivan yet, but on his website, it says for males, um, we're looking at a spring litter. So remember, it takes two months of pregnancy and then two months before the dogs are weaned and ready to go home. So once the female comes into heat, that's going to be four months before the dogs come home to us. So I don't know who's in heat. I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know what spring we're talking about. If we're talking about, you know, um, December, January, March, April, May, if we're talking like May, they get knocked up and then it's going to be what, like September before they can come home. Like, I don't know, but we'll see what happens. 
Um, but like I said, I, I haven't told Rich. Now you're not supposed to surprise people with puppies, but like I said, we had talked about it and talked about it and he just wanted to wait. And I'm like, but you can't wait. And here's part of it too, guys. If you want to wait until you're absolutely ready to bring a dog home, then you're dealing with rescue or pet stores because not everybody has a dog that you can just go and pick up and take home. For Gypsy, I was lucky whenever I talked to the breeder about getting one of her dogs because we had had Snoofy in like the year before and Snoofy was amazing and I loved that dog and he was from good times. So I reached out to his owner and it had been a year and he's like, yep, Snoofy's fantastic, sent me pictures. I'm like, this dog is amazing. That's what I want. I also had uh, one of my friends is a vet in the military and one of her vet friends got a dog from the same breeder from good times. And was, uh, you know, she's like, oh my gosh, you need to look at this good times breeder. Her, this dog is amazing. And I'm like, that's who I'm looking at. You know, that's who I'm talking with. So whenever I talked to her, her dogs were one month along in the pregnancy. So I only had to wait three months. It was still hard, <laughs> right? It really is. Um, here, Shira says uh, about contracts, because uh, she knows more about this stuff than I do. She says, it's not easily enforced. It's a statement of goodwill mostly. Yeah. Uh, Mary says, yeah, okay, thanks. I want to show also, and I don't want the mess. So Mary, really, a lot of times with showing, if it's a co-registration thing, the breeder can help you more. And that could be help you by paying fees, handling the dog, or paying for a handler, or going halvesies on it. Because again, they want the championships. They want the titles on the dog, because that goes, you know, kudos for their training program, or their breeding program, right? So like if every single dog that my dog bred goes on to get some sort of titles, right? If every dog my, that Gypsy has goes on to be a service dog, like how amazing am I that all my dogs become service dogs? Well, that's not going to happen. But what if they all got their CGCs? Well, that's nice. What if they all got their obedience titles? Well, that's even better. What if they all got their show championships? Like it's not going to happen, but the more the barrier, right? Nicole says, I'd love my next dog to be a female with full registration, right? Yeah. That's, and like I said, it was hard. And, and trying to find a male, oh my gosh, I figured that'd be easier. It's not easier until I went with males. And then, like I said, there was absolutely not a problem. And that was, you know how good that made me feel to know that I could talk to two of the top breeders in the country about it. And they're both like, yeah, yeah, that's not a problem. It'll work. So, yay. Okay. So the golden community can be real snobby. She was, so I, we got Gypsy. We said, yeah, we'll, we'll work on showing her. And then I found out that it could take $15,000 to get a, a championship title on a golden because of how competitive it is. And if your dog's not shown by a professional handler, like they're not going to get it. And like, if they don't know that this dog is a so-and-so dog, like it's not going to happen. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not spending $15,000 on a champion. Um, I've actually never shown her once, but she's got over $15,000 in service dog training. So then I don't feel bad. But yeah, Shira, I was floored. So yeah, congrats on the puppy, happy. Yeah, I had to wait 16 months, Shira said, right? It's hard, it's hard waiting. I'm so impatient and Rich isn't for a while. But like I said, for Arrow, I'm like, I'm just reaching out to different breeders. And the one was like, yeah, I've got a dog right here for you. I was like, ooh, we weren't expecting that. So that brought us from Zoe the Border Collie and Jedi the German Shepherd to having him as well. And then we got Rue. And then we got Gypsy, and then we got the Poodle, and then we got rid of the Poodle, and then Era died, and now we're back down to three, which is weird. But um, hopefully it won't be a 16-month wait for the puppy. Because guess what happens when puppy comes? We get to do a new course on puppy stuff. I told Ivan that, too. Um, Shoshane says, I was surprised with my puppy while he was 
a shock. It's working out. He's a German shepherd. Don't surprise people with puppies. Puppies are something that should be talked about. Not a surprise. My fiance and dad are learning that. They were trying to be nice, but uh, right. Well, like I said, he just he wanted to put it off until the spring and then put the deposit on in the spring so we can get a spring puppy. I'm like, that's not how it works. When you're talking Malinois, most people want the males because they're bigger. They're going to hit harder. You know, they're going to be better for the sport world and you don't have to worry about them coming into heat. I want a male because he's bigger for service dog work, or I wouldn't care. Like Gypsy's a female, she and I work great together, but she's just a little on the shorter side. So that's why I wanted to go with a male, because I'm like 6'2". Um, but like, he'll, he'll be fine with it. Like he's known by now. We've been married for 21 years. He knows I'm not a very patient person. Um, and Shira says, you can own or handle, it's much cheaper, yeah. Yeah, but that's, I'm like, I've also got so many clients, I'm like, my weekends are usually booked, and the odd times that they're not, like, we like to have lazy pajama days at the ranch. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's, um, I do know there's a trainer friend of ours who was surprised his um, pit died, and he was surprised with a Malinois, and he ended up returning it. He was like, uh-uh, I'm not doing this. And, like, they're different. Like, they are piranha puppies. They like to bite. They do. Like, Aaron loved to bite. Um, we did tug work with him. Um, we did bite sleeve. We did the pillows. We did the tug toys. And he was a beast on it. It was fantastic. Um, and I figured, you know, with going to the gym, hopefully losing some weight, getting more into shape, you know, we'll be able to do them without any problem. So to prepare, we've started Gypsy on tug work with actual tug stuff instead of just like little tugs, like actual Malinois tug style. Figure since, you know, she was raised by a Malinois, it should work. And so far, she's loving it. Um, she says they're not helping with the training or the playtime. I am, but he's been great. So he has been great, so I'm not complaining too much. That's good um, for the German Shepherd. And then Michelle says, I put a deposit down on Oliver in December. He came home a, He came home the end of April last, the next year. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it does take some time. So you can't just think that we'll be ready in the spring for a puppy because then you're looking at probably fall for a puppy or maybe the next year. And I don't want to wait that long. You know, Gypsy turns two in August. I'm actually waiting for her to come into heat now. So if she waits a little bit, it's better for me. She was in heat in, I'm going to say June. So I figured June and December she would do heat. But if she comes into heat in like January or February, then hopefully she'll come into heat right after she turns two. And if we can get the testing done quickly, that means she might be able to be bred, you know, this fall, late summer, fall time. Um, if not, we're looking at probably springtime. So like I've got some time, but not all the time in the world. And once she comes into heat, she's out of commission for a few weeks because she's miserable. <laughs> I do have some doggy diapers for her, but she wasn't happy with those. Shira says Kayla would enjoy tug work, right? So yeah, so that's that's what we're doing here. And like I said, Rich doesn't know yet. And then I just had one of my friends tell me, I have a Malinois female available if you want her. She's two and a half years old. And she's already got a heck of a lot of training. So I'm like, do we want two more? Like Rich is going to kill me. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we're looking at. That's what I look at when I'm looking for a dog is the health testing and the temperament. Unless it's a Malinois from Ivan, then I know it's good to go. Um, you want to look and see, check Instagram for the kennel name, check Facebook. Um, I was looking up Ivan's kennel name. I don't know how to pronounce it. So I call it Opatosha. All right. So I looked up his kennel name on Instagram and on Facebook and there's one gangster 
Optatosha. And oh my gosh, he looks so much like Arrow. So, you know, like, okay, I'm going to follow him and then find some people on Instagram and follow them. So like, okay, I'm getting an idea here. You know, so like what, if your breeder's not on Instagram or Facebook, you know, see if other ones are. Because people like to do stuff up for their dogs, you know, and that kind of gives you an idea. If you see the dog going and doing everything and being great about it, that's awesome. That rocks, right? If there's nothing or you see the dog and he's cowering and he's peeing on people all the time because he's so terrified, like that's probably not a good breeder for you. Um, we had looked at a breeder quasi-locally um, on the way to Orlando, between our place and Orlando. And they had health testing, but it wasn't consistent. So sometimes they did OFA, sometimes they did pen hips. Sometimes it was just like a, yeah, instead of a good so we're looking at those and I'm like, Ugh. and then to find out they wouldn't do full registration. It was only limited. I'm like, I don't want just limited registration. I didn't. Cause I knew what I wanted to do. She says, I want a German shepherd. I haven't found a good breeder yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem with German shepherds. So if you want, um, I do have a couple, one of them is in Texas and one of them is, I want to say Indiana and the Indiana one is long coded. Um, German Shepherds, but they're super. I've met like two of them and they're both fantastic that I've met. So it could just be the two flukes, but, um, and sometimes puppy families make Instagrams for the pups. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I want to do that or like sometimes they'll tag them. So that's one of the things I recommend as well. Um, and sometimes they're like, breeders are just weird at times. So you do have to watch it. I don't want it to turn you away from, you know, from it because it's the best of the bunch that you can go with. But you know, they, the, they, it could just be weird. Um, health testing, you really want temperament. You really want, if there's some videos of the parents, you know, see what the parents are doing or the parents like lying upside down, getting tummy rubs or the parents, you know, growling at kids to get off the property. If you can go visit them, that's even better, but sometimes it doesn't work out. Like I didn't go visit gypsy until we were picking her up. And that was the first time we saw her. Um, and, you know, like we had the deposit down, we played for the flight and everything. So like we were getting her, we were taking her home. And, uh, you know, the breeder says to me, she goes, I, I don't like that you use e-collars. Like you've known me for three months now. You've had plenty of time to talk to me about my e-collar use. Well, I don't think you should use them on the puppy because goldens don't need e-collars. Like, you know, I have a farm, right? With chickens and cows and goats. And if she decides as a bird dog to chase after my chickens, I'm not keeping her cooped up and my chickens have free run on the ranch because they eat bugs. Well, I just don't want you to use that. And her friend comes over and her friend's like, what you want to do is get a wiffle ball bat. And if they're bad, just hit the wall with the wiffle ball bat. No, like I've got an e-collar because we brought Arrow up with us, right? So I'm like, I've got an e-collar out in the car. If you want me to go get it, I can show you how we do it. I can show you the levels that we use. Now, I know e-collars. She says, I've used e-collars back in the 70s when I was training for hunt. I'm like, well, these are totally different from what they had back in the 70s. And if you haven't seen one of the newer ones, I think you're going to be surprised. No, I just, I, I prefer you not use it. I said, you know what? If I don't need to use an e-collar on her, I will sing it to the high heavens. Guess what happened at five months old? She decided she was going to chase chickens. And she got one and she tore it up. She's a bird dog, guys. She started e-collar that day. Yeah. It wasn't in the contract. And even if it was, I have to protect my chickens. So we did it a couple times. We did a, she has a beautiful come one call too because of the e-collar. Um, but she leaves the chickens alone. 
you know, you've got to weigh it. And like, I know what I'm doing. She says, um, Gypsy's wonderful. Thank you. Um, Shashane says, I get so much crap from people or using a prong and an e-collar. Yep. Yep. Um, Shira says, I don't have a resting bitch face. Yeah, usually I do too. But yeah, um, especially on Instagram pictures, if they see a puppy with a prong collar on, oh my God, that's like the worst puppy in the world. Um, with the poodle and with the golden. I'm like, are you kidding me? So we, um, I'm anxious to see when we get the animal puppy with the prong collar pictures, what people comment. Um, because I'm imagining it's going to be like, oh, look at that beast type of thing. And I'm like, if at eight weeks old, he's on a prong collar and he learns never to pull on leash, I'm done. I don't need a prong collar after a month or two, right? It's kind of my goal. I don't want him pulling constantly. I don't want this to be a, a fight and have to switch out tools every couple months because like, well, he's not listening to me again. Looks like I have to do something more. I want him to be amazing. I pretty much haven't been posting pictures of Roman because of the prong, right? So there's collar keepers. Check that out. Um, check out paracord weaving. You can do a trilobite paracord to cover up the prong. Um, you can always put a bandana on them. I actually know somebody who has a Doberman. And whenever the dog was a pup, we used a prong collar to protect the trachea. Um, because that's what the prong collar does is it protects the neck. So the dog doesn't pull and go. So uh, every time she would do to take a picture of the dog, she would pop the prong collar off, get the picture, put the prong collar back on again. She's like, what are you doing whenever people give you a hard time? I said, I tell them to shut up. <laughs> and I block and delete them if it's online. I said, you know, if you want to put a bandana on them, put a bandana on them. Like, they're cute. Like, mm, some people figure it out. Some don't. The ones that do, block and delete. Michelle says, I get flack with the halty and then the prong and the e-collar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gentle leaders. Why does that dog have a muzzle on? Like, people are nuts. And I'm like, well, I'm not putting my dog on just a flat collar. Like, I start, as soon as I get them, taking them out in public with me. I can't take them out in public on a flat collar and have them learn to pull. Rich's home now. He had to go to the feed store to get cow minerals. So no more talk about the, the Christmas surprise. And Shoshana says, gentle leaders um, get just as much hate. It drives me nuts, right? Like, it's the game. You know what the game is? It's the game of you can't win. You can't win. What are you going to do? Well, no matter what it is, you're screwed. Um, if you have the dog on a flat collar and the dog pulls and hurts himself, and now he has a collapsed trachea, and that's something you have to deal with for the rest of his life. Yay! Put a harness on him. Then the dog has gait issues and ends up walking, you know, silly um, and doesn't grow right and has deformities because you had to put a harness on the dog that wasn't a, that was a no pull harness. Um, say you want the dog to pull, like um, I know Aiden does some wheelchair pulling. So for that, you put like a normal harness, but then you have to teach him to pull in it. But that's what harnesses are for. They are to pull more effectively and efficiently. Think of sled dogs, right? Think of weightful dogs. They wear harnesses. Even reindeer wear harnesses, guys, because it helps them to pull the sleigh more efficiently. That's what harnesses are for. So if the dog's on a harness from the get-go, that's why he's pulling. <laughs> uh, people want you to have a wild, undisciplined beast, LOL, just like their kids, right? Um, Shoshane says, I might try that. I have tons of paracord because I make paracord leashes. Okay, so if you know the trilobite, that's what I used on the one. If you look back on Gypsy Aroma's Instagram, look way, way back to when we first got them, you'll see it. It's like a teal blue. And some people were like, that's a prong collar. And I'm like, oh, you've got eyes. People are weird. Um, Roman has a flat collar, but the leash is never attached to it. And I have themed collars that I think are pretty. Yeah, yeah. And horses as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shira says, now the trick is to teach him not to pull because he loves pulling, right? Yeah. And Nana says, I think the main misconception about the e-collar prong collars, people think they're forever. 
had to explain to family and friends for training purposes and corrections. Yeah, like my goal isn't for most dogs. Now, there are some dogs. I remember there's one dog in particular that I told them, your dog will always be on a prong collar and e-collar when you leave this house because the dog was aggressive and they barely had control and they insisted on going to parks where children were. So I'm like, always, and preferably on a muzzle as well. My dog, I don't... I don't use any collar on most of my dogs all the time. Like whenever Rue decides he wants to chase the cows all the time, or he doesn't want to come when called, he's going to get his collar back on for a tune-up. Um, Gypsy, a lot of times whenever I take her out, she has either her head halter. Why am I using the gentle leader with Gypsy? Because it's purple and it matches her vest, right? Or slippery. So I use either of those with her quite a bit of time. Um, she'll sometimes have her e-collar on. Depends on what we're doing. Because um, why not? I'm sure Shane says she'll look back for the pictures, and Evan always requires the prong. He's a tank. Yeah, a gypsy too. Holy cow, she's a tank. But, you know, that's, if I need to, I need to. You know, my goal is that I can work a dog in anything. So, like, Arrow, I could work him on a flat collar. I mean, I could work him off leash. He never pulled. He was amazing. Um, I had the handle for the counterbalance. So, like, he'd use that some of the time too. Um, gypsy, she's too short right now to do that. Um, and too young kind of to do that. So I haven't even tried it with her because like I said, Arrow barely works. She's two inches shorter. I don't think it's gonna, um, but usually when we do Disney, she's on a, a slip, sometimes slip an E or sometimes head halter an E, you know, it all depends. It depends on what I'm feeling like. <laughs> well, we've been going to the gym. She's been on the head halter um, just because why not? It's in the car. Uh, and then the slip leads that we have, a lot of them have the S so I can just pull it right onto her nose. She seems okay with it. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, you know, but like I said, for most, my goal is that your dog can wear whatever. And if you're going to say, I want to take him outside and let him play off leash, put a Z collar on him. If you're like, I want to walk to the farmer's market, maybe he needs a slip lead or his prong collar, or maybe he needs an e-collar for that visit and see how it goes. And he does good a couple times and you're like, oh, I don't need this right now. A lot of times, whenever we go places, I pack a variety of gear. So in the beginning, he's wearing a prong collar the first day. Second day, maybe he's wearing a slip lead. Third day, maybe he's on a flat collar or a martingale collar. See how it goes. Um, what is their Instagram? Oh, so ours is Dream Dogs, D-R-E-A-M-D-O-G-Z, all one word. Okay. Um, Gypsy is, with underscores between the words, it's Gypsy, Rose, Service, dog. So it's gypsy underscore rose underscore service underscore dog. Uh, Roma is Roma underscore service underscore dog. Roma service dog, I think. Um, and then all one word is Malinois service dog. And that is, I've been putting up pictures of Arrow. And then when we get puppy, I'll put up pictures of puppy too. Again, Rich doesn't get on Instagram. So we have those ones. And I have hope service dogs. I think that one has dots in between it. But, um, but yeah, so we have quite a few different Instagrams. <laughs> um, but yeah, Gypsy Rose service dog, Roma service dog, Malinois service dog, all one word, and then Dream Dogs are, are, are the main ones. Um, I haven't done too much with the Hope one yet. I don't think I put anything up on it at all, actually. Maybe one thing. Anyway, so we, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Like, where do you choose your new puppy or your new dog? Because like I said, it doesn't have to be a puppy. Why do I like puppies? It does take longer, but guess what? Versus going with program dogs, I have found that having the puppy from the get-go, the dog bonds to you more. 
right? Yes, you have to put up with the, I'm going to pull my hair out because of the potty training. But if you're consistent with it, it is so much easier. The dog bonds with you, you get the dog, you get the dog working for you a lot faster. Instead of two years old, we've had dogs eight months old, nine months old, 10 months old, who are doing tasks, who have passed their public access tests, who have passed their canine good citizens. And while yes, the dog's still a puppy, it works. So I go to the doctor's office today. I had an appointment uh, with a new cardiologist. Now, I haven't seen a cardiologist in about 15 years for my issue here. So I went, I wasn't expecting a miracle cure. I just wanted to kind of establish care um, just in case something would happen and to find out if there's been any medical advances in the last 15 years for neurocardiogenic syncope, which there haven't. But I go into the doctor's office with Gypsy and we go and we check in and the girl there says, I have a question for you. Before you, I said, sure, what? And she goes, we don't allow dogs in here. Thinking, well, first, that's a comment, not a question, and that's very good. I'm glad you don't allow dogs in here. So she's all vested up. I said, she's a service dog. She goes, oh, okay, go ahead and sit down. Okay. So we go back there, and I'm talking to the doctor, and Gypsy did great. She's kind of smelling feet, and I'm like, stop it, you weirdo. She's a year and four months old, right? So she's still young for service dog work, but I have to actually video her public access test. Public access test, she has all her CGC. She has her novice trick dog title. Um, she's got a couple really good tasks, right? But we're working on alerts. So I talked to the cardiologist about that. And, uh, you know, I had mentioned about it. He goes, what does she alert to? I, said, I have no idea. <laughs> I said, you know, I, I get her whenever I feel wonky. And that's what we work with is, is that. I said, I don't know if, if she's keying off of sweat, hormones, you know, the smell of my blood. I don't know what it is, but we're working on it. But guess what? Diabetic alert dogs, they didn't used to know what they were queuing off of either. And then they figured it out. So, you know, I, a lot of times we'll use sweat and saliva as samples, but um, we've had a lot of dogs from people who have what I have. And while they're with us, I work on alerts with them. If I'm feeling wonky, which is my, my cue for I'm feeling bad, um, I call them over and I love on them and I breathe on them and I tell them like, this means something when this happens. So then if I feel bad, they're like, dude, I get loving it this time. So we've been going to the gym and she's been coming. So whenever I'm up there and I'm not feeling good, I call her over and I ask her to check me. You know, I, I have her put her paws up on my lap and smell me and we go forehead to forehead so she can really get a deep sniff and, you know, work with her that way. So yeah, she has all her training, but she's never going to stop all training. Um, work the dog in front of you. Yep. I'll definitely have to follow them. Thank you. Next time I see you, I have to give, have to get a stack of your business cards. Got to have something to give people we've run out. You know what? Um, send me your address and I can try to stick some in the mail. Aiden was done with CGC A and U and the ADI test at 13 months. That's awesome. And Roman loves my toes. He licks them and sniffs them whatever he can. It's driving me nuts, right? Yeah. We've had a couple. Hey, Zoe. Um, we've had a couple of boot camp dogs who come in who are like crotch sniffers or like they lean against me and I'm like, stop it. Um, usually they're not toe lickers though. <laughs> so I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay. Well, um, you have free to do all that with me. <laughs> um, so I'm going to sign off. Rich is home. I'm hungry. I haven't had anything since breakfast and I want to go get something to eat. And oh, guess what we got? We got an air fryer. That thing is the bomb. Everybody needs one. It's amazing. Um, we have done green beans and zucchini and asparagus and yellow squash in it. Just, you know, scrub them, slice them, spray them with some olive oil if you want to, sprinkle them with some salt, pepper, garlic, toss it, air fry it, right? Wings are 
chicken thighs, chicken legs, amazing. Um, oh my gosh, it's just the best ever. So like everyone needs an air fryer because it's the bomb. Uh, we had been doing, cause I've been so hungry for the vegetables, the green beans, asparagus, squash, and zucchini. So I had been doing them on baking trays in the oven. Well, first it takes over an hour for each one to bake up in the wings. It takes even longer in the oven. And then Rich was stuck doing all the dishes cause I cooked dinner. Um, and he's like, stop it. All you ever do are these baking sheets. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, share an air fryer. Shoshane says, I want one. Yes, they are fantastic. With Sam, right? Yeah, we will. With um, with Sam, whenever you get back, I'm sure, you know, probably work a little bit more and do all his CGCs and get his public access test. Um, Nicole says she just did CGCs with all my pups. They're supposed to be a CGCA test offered in the spring. That's awesome. Well, Nicole, if you come back down here, I'm a CGC evaluator and so is Rich, and we are happy to do that. Um, we include that with our clients. Um, we don't charge any extra if we aren't, if you aren't in one of our programs, it's I think like 25 for the CGCs and 100 for the public access test. Um, and then you get both of us there. And so one of us is always willing to videotape if need be. And like a lot of them, you need to have like a, a distraction person. So I usually make Rich be the distraction person. And then she says she's getting aid and ready for the three first three trick titles. That's awesome. Yeah, I think Gypsy just finished second one, but I need to get that some way um and signed off on but she i think i don't know if i've got it signed off or not i think she's got all of them though um but yeah so yeah air fryers are amazing and it cuts down on dirty dishes quite a bit which makes her chappier <laughs> so i can get him that melon little puppy right so like i said he's in there i'm gonna go in there have a good evening gotta take roman for a walk good have a good evening guys i will see you in two weeks on new year's day so have a fantastic happy happy christmas Whatever holiday you celebrate, happy winter solstice, right? And have a happy, happy new year. And I will see you guys on New Year's Day. Woohoo!